Amen. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me over to that Colossians chapter 1 text. Oh, what a Savior. When you think about it, when we think about these names of these people that we call out and we, we think about how far He went, what He did for us. Guys, remember remember where you were. Remember how far you were away. I don't know whether you were young, whether you were on up in life, maybe were. Who knows, but God saw fit to make you His very own. Look at what this scripture says. Look at what this verse there in Colossians says to us. Notice what a good God we serve. God is so good. Look at what He did for us. He said, for He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption. Redemption is one of those big words, and people say, well, what in the world does redemption mean? I'm glad you asked. The Bible defines it. It says, the forgiveness of sins. Praise God that He he took us. We were destined for a devil's hell. We were on our way to an eternal place that is not meant for us. It's meant for the devil, it's meant for his fallen angels, it's meant for those who rebel against Christ, those who, who have no desire whatsoever to have a relationship with God. But he rescued us from a destination. I was talking to a guy yesterday and I was going over, it was a, it's a seminary student and he had to uh, interview several pastors in the area, a preaching practicum class, I remember taking it, it was one of the hardest classes I ever took. Not because the content was hard, it was just you had, to, you had to preach inside of rules, inside of parameters, and you had to do it a certain way, and that's, I was, I'm broken in the way I do it, and I, it's hard to put me in that box, but I made it through. And we were sitting in my office, and we were talking, and, and he was asking how I come up with messages, what's my sermon prep, and I'm like, brother, I just read the Bible all the time, and I pray, God, speak through me your word. Speak through me the message. And he's like, well, is there a theme? I'm like, well, right now it's, I feel like I'm beating them up a lot. But I'm new to them. I don't know who they are. I'm, I'm trying to figure them out. I'm trying to get them to that place to where they all say, all right, brother, we got you. We understand. We're on your team. I'm like, we're not there yet, so we got to beat them up a little more. And then he said this. He's like, but no, it sounds to me like what you're doing is you're trying to get them to fall in love with the Savior. Because when they see, when they fall in love with Jesus, then the rest of it is so easy. Missions is not a missions is not even a question when you fall in love with Jesus. Giving your tithes and offerings is not a question when you fall in love with Jesus. Uh, your marriage not a problem when you ha- when your love relationship with the Lord is where it ought to be. When you look at how far God brought us, where he brought us from, then serving him and walking in obedience to him, that's, that's what we long to do. That's what we want to do. Instead of constantly hearing a preacher say, here we go again, wake up in the morning and say, what? You're not there, got to beat you up for another year at least. Good morning, Jesus. Every time I say, y'all ain't ready yet, it's going to be tough. If y'all just, yeah, I've told you, if they'd have been 130, good morning, Jesus, it would have been really easy. But no, we, we got some more time. We got one over there. She's like, give me some break. No, you. But when we fall in love with Christ, good morning, Jesus, is what we want to wake up and say. 
when we fall in love with Christ and we see how far He's brought us and when we see what He's done for us, you know those people that we call radicals? You know those people that we call, that's just them fanatics? When you see that He rescued us from a domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Guys, who doesn't want to be fanatical about that? We were destined for a devil's hell. You and I were destined to a devil's hell. That's where we go. And look at the look at the next verse. It says, He it, no, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Look over at chapter two. Chapter two, verses thirteen. Look at what the Bible says. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. You and I had a sin problem, had a sin nature. There was a fallenness about us. There was a bent. Remember, remember, Uh, Abraham and Lot, what did Lot do? He pitched his tent just as close to Sodom and Gomorrah as he could. And he, it was like, it's like us. It's like us. This was Lot. Guys, get on to me. They're like, brother, we're watching your toes and you're scaring us. Your toes are getting close. I see my toes. But that's what we do, church. We do this. We get right up against to it we get just next to it and we do just what our kids do i'm not touching it i'm not touching it and 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 we push the envelope lot pushed the envelope we push the envelope guys if it were not for our savior our envelope pushing our rebellious nature our fallenness would have would have taken us straight to a devil's hell these people, we, we pray at the beginning of a Wednesday night. We pray for lost people. We pray for people whose destiny, if they do not trust Christ as Savior, they're going to hell. They're going to hell. Here, it doesn't matter. They're good people. You say, Brother Shannon, they're, yeah, but they're good people. They would give you the shirt off their back, the last dime in their pocket. Well, why don't they simply trust Christ? God's not sending them. They're already going. God's just trying to save them. God's using us to pray, to intercede, to stand in the gap. That's where we were going. That's where we were headed. We were destined for that. When we see how far God brought us, when we see what God did for bringing us back, He he transferred us from from a domain. It's interesting, those words. A domain. Domain's not a kingdom. A domain is just a region. What did, what did God ask Satan there in uh, Job? Where have you been? Roaming to and fro on the face of the earth. He ain't king of nothing. Satan's not king of nothing. He's just been imprisoned down here until his judgment. And he is, he is tormenting. He's doing everything he can to wreak havoc on God's church on God's kingdom but we know the gates of hell do not prevail gates don't stop nothing that God's doing God's working God is going to accomplish that which he started that which he even started in you 
transferred us from a domain of darkness into a kingdom. A kingdom to where Christ is the king. To where Jesus, one of these days when we meet him, when we meet him in that place, when he calls us home, every pastor, every pastor, when you was a kid, when Brother Ken was a kid, and Brother Ken's parents were, were kids, and Brother Ken's parents' parents were kids, you know what those preachers were saying? Jesus is coming soon. Every one of them has been saying Jesus is coming soon. Why? Because that's what he said. Behold, I come quickly. There's an urgency about this. There's an urgency to the gospel. There's an urgency to the good news. There's an urgency that, hey, church, these people we're praying for, these names we're calling out, these co-workers we have, these family members that we're just assuming someone else is talking to, the conversation is eventually going to fall in our lap to where we've got to at least tell them, or it's still on our hands. The good news is that salvation is offered. I want you to see something. Go over to Matthew. One of the saddest verses. I say the saddest verse in all of Scripture. Matthew chapter 7 verse 23. Matthew chapter 7 verse 23. Saddest verse you can possibly read in all of Scripture. Context. Context. What's going on? Look up two verses. Look up a couple of verses. It says... Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Listen, there's only one way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Church, we know this. We of all people know it. We have tasted his mercy. We have tasted his grace. We have felt Firsthand, his forgiveness. We have felt, we have felt a spirit that's not condemned. And Jesus himself says, not everyone, listen, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say, look at verse 22. And notice this. Notice this. Church, these are churchy conversations. These are churchy words. These are churchy concepts. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Let me ask you, uh, any of you teachers, y'all got any prophesying going on inside of the school? Is any prophesying going on at the hospital? Is any prophesying going on uh, at the lumber yard? Any prophesying going on? See, prophecy, where does prophesying take place? It takes place in the church. What's this next one? It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons. You got any demons being cast out at football fields, coaches? At the hospital, school, and library. Did y'all have any demons cast out today in the library? Guys, these aren't secular conversations. These aren't secular concepts. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons? Where do we hear that? That's churchy lingo. That's churchy language. And in your name perform many miracles? That's church conversations. And notice verse 23. Preacher, why do you care about? Why do you, why do you waste the time? They didn't took up. We had a business meeting tonight. They did the full music set. Why did you stop and waste a good five minutes of your talk time to pray for lost people? 
Because eternity without Christ is a dreadful place. Eternity separated from God is a dreadful place to end up. Why do you why do you why do you share the gospel so much? Why don't you just preach? Why don't you take us into the Old Testament? Why don't we go build a wall with Nehemiah? Why don't we jump on a boat with with uh, Jonah? Why don't we get in a lion's mouth with Daniel? Why don't we see I can do all that too, but you know what? There's an urgency to the gospel. Because this is why. And then I will declare to them. I never knew you. I never knew you. Spiritual death is spiritual death. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, you workers of lawlessness. You Depart from me. Can you imagine hearing those? We in the church, here's what we in the church, we love these words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we long to hear. But Jesus says, many will say in that day, did we not prophesy in your name and Oh, do many miracles in your name and cast out demons in your name. Didn't we do all those churchy things? We did the work. And he says, and then I'll declare. He, he will make a declaration to them. I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. You workers of iniquity. Depart from me. Oh, what a Savior. Hmm. We come in a church and we pray for lost. You know what's sad? To think that there's people that sit up under sermons, that sits up under preaching, that sits up under pastors, that sits up under faithful ministries for many, many, many years, and they hear the verses and they memorize every verse that the focus will ever have, they'll memorize it. Every opportunity they'll they'll do the they'll do it. What saddens me is to miss Jesus through it all. How many people sit in churches just like this and they miss Jesus altogether? How many people sit inside a worship service hear amazing music? The, the Spirit of God moves and tears are shed and hearts are broken and they're just... They miss Jesus. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His Son, whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. The forgiveness of sin only comes through Jesus. Church, the forgiveness of sins only comes through Jesus and the finished, completed work of the cross. The finished work there that Jesus did, that's where forgiveness comes from. Don't miss Him. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. Don't let your family miss him. Don't let your kids miss him. Don't let your grandkids miss him. Don't let your co-workers miss him. When we see what a Savior, when we see that he saved us, when you see what he did for us, how far he came and rescued us, he took us on a, from a path of eternal separation from God and made us his very own children. Guys, we want everybody we know to have that. We want everybody we know to have a relationship with Christ. I say we're an army. The army is growing. 
I say we're an army. What are we an army of? We're not an army running around with the name Chapel Hill and come see a preacher and come hear some music and come see a children's program. Come see youth. Come see our college. Come see our senior adults. Yes, those are all great, but none of those saves you. Jesus saves you. Many will say to me on that day, did we not do a lot of churchy things? And I'll say, I don't even know you. We can do a lot of churchy stuff. We can get caught up in the programs of the church and we can miss Jesus altogether. It's a dreadful thought. That's a scary thought. People say, well, that's amazing what I've heard over the years that people inside of church, leaders inside of church, leaders inside of the church, what they say. When I get them off and to themselves and start asking them a simple question. Are you a Christian? Yeah. Why? Oh, well, I've grown up in this church and my daddy was a deacon at this church and I've been at this church all my life. And listen, they, uh, every time that, every time them doors are open, I'm there. I got a key. And nowhere is there a relationship talked about. I can, tell you about, I can tell you about my attendance. I can tell you about my, my effort. I can tell you about the work I put forward. I can tell you about how much money I put in an offering plate. I can tell you about how many people I helped. So can the Red Cross and Relay for Life and American Cancer Society. So can a lot of good or civic organizations. They do a lot of wonderful things. People like church because we do a lot of good things. And they miss Jesus altogether. Tell me about your relationship. Tell me about how when you were young you were lost and you ran just, just as fast as you could away from Christ. Or tell me how, how somewhere along the way, you know, I wasn't a bad kid. I just wasn't doing what the scripture was telling me to do. And somewhere along the way... The Holy Spirit drew me to Himself and I started studying Scripture and I saw how I desperately needed a Savior. And I don't know exactly what happened, but God saved me. I don't get it, but He saved me. I don't understand it, but He forgave me. Where's that conversation? What a Savior. Don't miss Him. Don't miss Him. He rescued us from a domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His Son. That's what He did for those who trust Him. That's what He did for those who believe. One of the things that I tried to do during a pandemic, I was never good at talking to the camera. I always said, Lord, I'll... I never said, Lord, I would never, but I just was always really scared of talking into them eyes and then God locked this world down and I sat for what, how many months? Forever, it seemed, in front of that camera right over there, my telephone, and I just, I just started talking. Lots of people watched it. Lots of people saw it. Lots of people are still watching. Lots of people are still seeing. Lots of people are still, it's out there. The message is out there. And it's the gospel is for those out there, whether you're watching in social world or you're in this room. What a Savior. What an amazing God. What an amazing God, we serve. He did not have to, but He did. He shouldn't have, but He did. 
He sent his very best to be my Savior. I don't deserve that. He sent his absolute very best to save me. I don't bring nothing to the table. I'm nothing really special. But he saved me. Depart from me. I don't even know you. Spiritually dead. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And you were spiritually dead. You were dead. There's only one way that spiritual dead can be made alive. And it's through a relationship with Jesus. There is no other way. Jesus Christ is it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this night. We thank you for this time that we have together to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray that there's not one person in this room right here that Lord Chapel Hill has some amazing people. I'm getting to know them and starting to fall in love with them pretty quickly. God, they're really awesome. I do think everybody ought to come here. Good activities. Neat things happening all the time. Lord, it's contagious. It's contagious. It's contagious. But God, I pray that they don't miss you through all this. I pray they don't miss you through. They don't miss the Savior. They don't miss the purpose. They don't miss the head. They don't miss you through all the the goings on. Through all the distractions. Through all the busyness. We don't miss Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, move and work amongst your people. Help us fall in love with you. Help us fall in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Not, not, y'all.